I feel blessed as ever then uh, I'm the best I've ever been okay. So with the ask you how I feel What's up? I, I, I'ma tell you I feel amazing I feel blessed as ever then I'm the best Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Bearing Down and Gridown on this Friday, the final Friday of the month of September, because tomorrow is the final day of the month of September, and that means college football. I didn't do a show Wednesday, those of you who are wondering, if you saw the message we put on social media, we weren't going to do it Wednesday, we was going to do it today, and here we are, right here, right now, to talk college football. I have some things to take care of as well, unfortunately. But nevertheless, I am here. The playmakers in the building. Let's get ready for some football. We got a football game tonight that I'm going to preview tonight. That's at 9 p.m. on FS1, but I will get to that game. Got some games to preview for tomorrow. We got to recap what happened last week and handle some business for a certain fan base because I am a man of my words and I must say what I need to say. But first and foremost, first order of business is the two-minute drill. And to kick out the two-minute drill, ladies and gentlemen, we have three articles that center around one thing, and that is the college football playoff model, which is suspected to expand the 12 next season. And, you know, the American Athletic Conference feel like they are they favor a CFP playoff where the five highest-ranked champions, conference champions, will be the top five seeds, so the winner of the ACC, the Big 12, the the Big 10, the SEC, and the Pac-12. Unfortunately, hold that thought. They bring us to our next article. CFP Shev's talks of change while Pac-12 situation plays out. That article came on two days ago. I had a ESPN senior writer. And it says in the article, I'm going to read some of it here, saying, quote, The College Football Playoff Management Committee shall any talks of format change to expand the 12-team field that will begin next season, opting instead to continue to wait to see what the future of the gutted Pac-12 will look like. CIP Executive Director Bill Hancock said Wednesday, Following another summer of sweet conference realignment, the only, only Washington State and Oregon State will be left to determine the future of the Pac-12 in 2024 and beyond. The NCAA give conferences a two-year grace period when they no longer meet membership requirements before changes are needed. But the notion of a two-team league competing in the CFP play has its decision-makers in a holding pattern on the future format. Which sits over to that third article. Oregon and Washington State Pat 12 hearing set for November 14th, which is going to be an interesting one because, I, if I believe correctly, I think both both programs filed some type of lawsuit against the Pat 12. But everything that's been going on, let's see if I can pull that article up. Uh, put it up on my phone here. It says here, 
this from the Associated Press, by the way, this was yesterday. A hearing set has been set for November 14th in Oregon State and Washington State legal fight with the Pac-12 and its departing members to gain control of the conference and its assets. The preliminary injunction hearing will be held in Washington Supreme Court, Supreme, Supreme Court in Whitman County in front of the same judge who granted a temporary restraining order to the two schools early this month. Judge Gary Labby rules, ruling blocked a board of director meeting with conference commissioner George Cliffinoff and the university leaders of schools that have announced plans to lead the to next year. The latest filing in the case were dated Wednesday, still to determine exact is exactly who should be allowed to make up the conference board and vote on business matters that could impact the future of the league. Oregon State and Washington State contend, contended that eight schools, Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, Utah, Oregon, Washington, Stanford, and California forfeited their right to be on the board when they announced their intentions to join other conferences next year. So there's a lot going on when it comes to the CFP. A lot of things to look at, but hey, these three articles are tied into each other, so we shall see how this goes. With that being said, all right? But moving on to our next set of articles, let's go to Colorado, Boulder, Colorado, shall we? Have a couple of articles here. One of which, Colorado's Travis Hunter goes bowling with Henry Blackman. And for those of you who are, are, haven't been paying attention since the incident between those two, these guys, they went, they went bowling. It was a charity event in Boulder. Says here, Colorado two-way star Travis Hunter isn't holding a grudge against the player who's hit, sent him to the hospital and cost him at least two games. Hunter and Colorado State defensive player Henry Blackman met Wednesday and went bowling together, as shown in a video posted Thursday on Hunter's YouTube channel. Hunter suffered a lacerated liver on a late hit out of bounds by Blackman, who was flagged for unsportsmanlike conduct in the first half of the, Buff of the Buffalo's home victory on September 16th. Hunter returned to the game, but later went to a local hospital where he was treated and released. If y'all recall, after that, Mr. Blackburn received threats. threats. Here it is in the article. Blackburn and his family received threats, including death threats, during and after the game as a result of his campus address, home address, and phone number being published online. Colorado coach Deion Sanders condoned the threats. Hunter and Blackman began communicating through social media shortly after the game, and Hunter invited Blackman back to Boulder, where Blackbird grew up and attended high, high school there. The Colorado State defensive back Ron Hodge III, whose brother Isaiah plays for Colorado, helped the two players connect. Today, Wednesday meeting was part of the video that Hunter posed on his YouTube channel, which has 252 subscribers. Both players each donated $1,000 for their bowling games, with the winner selecting a charity that would, they, that they, that would see the proceedings. Hunter and his partner won the game, but Hunter let Blackman pick the charity to donate. He picked Realities for Children, which help abuse and at-risk children, and has locations near both the Colorado State campus and Colorado campus. See, people, when you, when you don't hold grudges, when you come together and let bygones be bygones, good things happen. Now, we have a charity here for at-risk children and abuse children, it's going to get $2,000 from college students. 
college students, college athletes, okay? Because they put what happened on the field to the side and looked at life. They just looked at life. That's all they did. I'm not even mad. I understand. And I love to see that. And the other article that you see here, Colorado and Deion Center, a quick winner amongst black fans. And if you haven't been paying attention to social media, you haven't been paying attention at all because that is all that's going on. And you have your haters. You have your lovers. But the community in black as a whole, for whatever reason, is surrounding Deion. I'm not against it. I'm not for I don't care. Support what you want to support. And everybody want to support Dion? Support Dion. But there was somebody who posted an article right about James Franklin at Penn State. Okay? Right about the coach at Syracuse. Right about Marcus Freeman at Notre Dame. There's some other black coaches that can use some support too. And I'm pretty sure they have supporters in the black community. But the huge, but what, but it is prime time Dion Sanders, the reason why there's so much hype around Colorado. And why people love it and people hate it. Support who you want to support, but do it in a firm conviction manner. Okay? Don't just support Dion, support the athletes too. Because the athletes are the ones that got to step on that field and make everything happen. Moving on. Kirby Smart says no complacency as Georgia chases third title. And I can tell you from talking to some Georgia fans out there. Some Georgia fans I'm close to, they're not pleased of what they seen when it comes to the Georgia Bulldogs. They're not. They haven't seen a dominant Georgia team not one time this year, which they expected to see. But it is it's difficult, man. They won back-to-back national titles. You are the number one team. You've been the number one team for damn near two, two whole years. So other teams are coming at you with full force, everything they got to knock you out. But at the same time, when you're that team, as Kirby Smart has been built in Georgia since he got there, it makes things difficult, okay? It just makes things difficult. So we have to see what's going on, but I can tell you right now. All right. So they beat they beat Tennessee Martin 48-7. They beat Ball State 45-3. They beat South Carolina 24-14, and they beat UAB this past weekend 49-21. They are 4-0. Most of the games they scored, in, most of the time they scored those points in the second half, or at least half of them in the second half. It's not been very inspiring from the Georgia Bulldogs, but 4-0, undefeated. Got a big game coming up that I will preview, though. But we'll see about that. Sticking with the SEC. Nick Saban expects bigger challenge at Mississippi State. Now, there's a number of ways to, you know, look at this, you know. Could he be taking a shot at Ole Miss because Lane Kim did open his mouth yet again and got demolished, which I will get into in my in our next segment. Or could he talking about the fact that uh, he's got to go to Startsville, Mississippi, to take on Mississippi State? I mean, this is what he said. Alabama coach Nick Saban said Monday that going on the road to Mississippi State this Saturday could be a tougher test than the team's previous two games. The Crimson Tide won a closer than expected contest 17-3 on the road at 
at South Florida two weeks ago, a game in which the offenses struggled. Last Saturday, Alabama hosted then 15-ranked Ole Miss, pulling away in the second half to win 24-10. But unranked Mississippi State, 2-2 two two on the season, 0-2 in conference play, gives Saban pause. Coach Saban said, quote, this is actually a bigger test for us than the last two games, in my opinion. In terms of this team being very physical, very aggressive on defense, create a lot of negative plays, they have a lot of starters back, they know their system, they know their scheme. Close quote. One of those starters who came back is quarterback Will Rogers, who is second in the SEC in career passing. Rogers has thrown for 997 yards and nine touchdowns this season. Nick Seven read on to say, quote, obviously the quarterback has been has been an outstanding player for a long time. But with the new offense they run, there's a lot more balance to it. Close quote. So Nick Saban saying going to Startsville, Mississippi, would not be a walking apart for his Alabama Crimson Time, who is coming off a smacking Lane Kiffin in the then 15 ring old miss in the second half the way that they did. But you know, Nick Saban being the being the coach that he is, the reason why he's the GOAT of college football. Don't want his team to have a letdown going on the road to a team that's 500 and has not won a conference game yet. So he's trying to quell the expectations a bit. You know, Nick Saban, though. When, when you're Nick Saban, you can't fall on the radar because you're Nick Saban, for goodness sakes. But still in all, he's trying to hold it down. He's trying to keep it quiet. Okay? That's all he's trying to do. And our last set of, of, of news to get into before we get back into it, got some injuries. Texas A&M quarterback, Connor Winningham out for the season with a foot injury. And then uh, Colorado hopes that defensive back Shiloh Sanders is available, who had some internal problems going on at, after the game against Oregon. Uh, they, I'm not going to go into details, but they had some internal problems. But they are hopeful that he's going to play. He's, everything was checking boxes going through the week. We will still see how he looks today, tomorrow, and we see he'll suit up tomorrow for the Colorado Buffaloes in a big game tomorrow for them. So that will do it for the uh, two-minute drill, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, when we come back, we got to recap what took place in week four of the college football season. And I must be a man of my words and handle some business. We'll be back. Welcome to Ringside Chaos the professional wrestling discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. The only professional wrestling podcast in the world where pro wrestling is discussed passionately, with confidence, with great knowledge, and most of all, in the most sophisticated way. So brace yourselves, ladies and gentlemen, because chaos is about to be unleashed thing with Tony Khan now being in talks to WWE, I'm going to be honest with you. I spoke to this with Ricky Litwinkowicz, aka the Master of Mayhem, and he honestly believes that me talking about Tony Khan buying WWE is that basically I'm kind of wasting my time because Ricky believes it's never going to happen. Okay. Now, I now don't get me wrong. Ricky, I respect his. I respect what he says. He's he could very well be correct. But I got to be honest with you, the fact that Khan is interested in supposedly buying WWE, I mean, to me, that's definitely worth talking about. 
Now, <laughs> now, I should mention this. Shout out to Ricky, by the way. And I got to mention this, that even Jim Cornette already had something to say. And he said, and I quote, ridiculous to think that could happen, unquote. <laughs> a wrestling fan that's been super supportive of Brody Lee as a wrestler and everything that WWE could have done with him and, you know, everything that he could have shown and, you know, offered for the wrestling business. You know, for me, I, just, I wasn't just a fan of Brody Lee himself, like in character. I strongly respected him, you know, as a human being. Like, I had a lot of respect for Jonathan Huber. You know, that's Mr. Brody Lee's real name. So basically, I had a lot of respect for Brody Lee, Luke Harper, and of course, Mr. Jonathan Huber. This particular episode was about world class championship wrestling. And the episode title is, you know, WCCW Wrestling's Lone Star Legacy. And because I am the Bear of Texas, and I do hail from the Dallas-Fort Worth area of the state of Texas, World Class Championship Wrestling was basically my territory as far as being a wrestling fan goes. Ladies and gentlemen, Ringside Chaos is available on all streaming platforms including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Baron Down the Gridiron. Shout out to my brother, Alzheimer's for Ringside KF, covering all your wrestling promotions, WWE, AEW, Impact Wrestling. All you want to need, Ring of Honor, what you need from wrestling, you get it right there with wrestling with Ringside Chaos with the Bear Man. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we got our news and notes out of the way. We got to do our red, our gray nine roundup, and I'm not ready for this. Let's go to it. And the gridiron, Ryan, as you see, the game that we covered last week, Florida State was at Clemson getting a 31-24 win over the Clemson Tigers in Death Valley. Utah used in a low-scoring game, which is hard to say in college football, but 14-7 was the final score as they survived at home against UCLA. Obviously, we already mentioned what Alabama did to Ole Miss, 24-10. Oregon dominating Colorado, giving Coach Prime his first loss as a Power 5 coach, 42-6. Penn State shutting out Iowa 31-0 and Ohio State sneaking by Notre Dame on the final play of the game to win 17-14. Now, there are a couple of things I need, a couple of these games I need to get into. First and foremost, let me get into this right here, right now. Dabble Swinney. Dabble, dabble, dabble. Man, oh man, oh man. What? Is this here? What am I looking at? Because if I'm looking at this right, um, you should have won this game. Okay, there's nowhere around it. You should have won this game. Okay, I don't know how this happened. I don't know where this happened. But if I'm looking at this right, you you let you let the first quarter three nothing. All right, you matched Florida State in the second quarter, 14-14, which gave you a 17-14 lead. You were up 24-17, going late in the third quarter, heading to the fourth quarter, and K and Caleb Kupnick got smacked, lost the ball, and the guy who hit him, the Lochin, picked it up and took it all the way back for a touchdown. To end the third quarter in a 24-24 tie, 
Nobody scores in the fourth quarter, so we're going to overtime. And Coleman from Michigan, the transfer from Michigan State, just monsters your DB to go at 31-24, and you go for three straight passing to tie the tie the game. You didn't run the ball one time in overtime, and you lose to, at home to Florida freaking State. Florida State. I'm a man of my word, ladies and gentlemen. So um, I'm going to take this down right here. And uh, here we go. The Florida State Seminoles are officially back. They exercised their demons. They finally beat the team that they had a hard time beating. And every time they lost to that team, that's when the season goes downhill for them. They finally beat that team, which is the team I picked to win the ACC, by the way, to be undefeated at this moment in time, ranked in the top 10. Florida State is officially back. There are a lot of Florida State fans right now that are rejoicing that I actually said this live on air. And I'm sick to my stomach, the fact that I had to come over here and acknowledge the Florida State Seminoles the way I just did. All because Dabo Sweeney in Neptunes in this game for one of our reason allow Florida State to escape with this win. The Florida State Seminoles are back, and the ACC gonna have a problem on their hands now. Cause Florida State got the athletes, they have the physicality, and they exercise the one demon that they needed to exercise, which is the Clemson Tigers and Dabo Sweeney. <sighs> Next. Let's go to Eugene, Oregon, where the Oregon Ducks made an example out of Colorado Buffaloes. All the hype, all the attention surrounding Coach Prime Deion Sanders and the Colorado Buffaloes, a team who won one game last year. One game. Three, they are 3-0 going to this game against the 3-0 ranked top 10 Oregon Ducks team. I mean, those of you who remember, I did pick Oregon to win this game, and they won. And they won in dominant fashion. Bo Nix was having a ball 28 for 33, 272, three touchdowns in the pick. They was having a ball. Shadir Sanders had a terrible game, 22 for 33, 159, and one touchdown. Oregon ran the ball for 240 yards. They outran the Buffaloes for over 200 yards. That's a 200-yard distance between the rushing attack of Colorado and Oregon. Total yards. Look at it. 522 for Oregon. 199 for Colorado. I'm just going to say it plain and simple. Oregon put their foot up Colorado's ass. That's what they did. They put their foot up there. And, hey, we all know what happened pregame. Dan Laney said what he said. They played for clicks. We played for wins. Talk through your shoulder pass. Talk with your helmet. This game is not played in Hollywood. It's played on grass. I just don't have no problem with it. I don't. Say what you got to say. But I know uh, when I preview this game on October 14th, sir, I better have that same energy. That's all I'm going to say. It's two weeks away. I'm going to wait two weeks. But then you did your job, Danley. I'm good for you. I picked Oregon to win the Pac-12. But if you're going to have that energy with Colorado, when October, when the week of October 14th get here, you better have that same damn energy. Because if you don't, we're going to have some problems. 
especially me, because it's that team the reason why your ass didn't make it to the Pac-12 championship last year. Not Colorado, the team that you're going to be facing in two weeks. So I need that same energy in two weeks, sir. I need that same energy. But congratulations, Oregon. You did what you supposed to have done. You're a top 10 team in the country. You've been a top 10 team in the country. So you do what you're supposed to do. Congratulations. But Colorado, we're not done with you because I have you in the next seven because we have a big game coming up in Boulder, Colorado. Moving on to our next gridiron roundup game. Suscaloosa, Alabama. The Crimson Tide and the Ole Miss Rebels did battle. Top 15 matchup. Lane Kiffin said what he said. He called out the defensive coordinator of Alabama. He opened his mouth. And yet again, Nick Saban smacked your ass in the mouth. Again. How many times, Lane Kiffin, are you going to say something when it comes to the week that you play Alabama and Nick Saban keep kicking your ass? When you going to learn? Because you opened your damn mouth and Alabama defense holds your ass to 10 points. But you are offering the average 80 58 points a game going into this game. And you got held to 10 points. That is a 48-point difference of what you average and what Alabama held you to. Look at it. Look at the rushing attack. Alabama ran for 131 yards. Blaine Kiffin's offense, 56. They doubled your ass in rushing attack. They whooped your ass. They physically whooped your ass, and you can't do nothing about it. So, Lane Kim, do me a favor. Matter of fact, no one, don't just do me. Do everybody. Shut the hell up every time you play Alabama. Just shut up. Because every time you open your mouth, you get your ass whooped by Nick Saban. It was your best opportunity to actually have a chance to beat Nick Saban. He didn't know what to do at quarterback. He, he was playing three quarterbacks. He was trying to figure out which quarterback to go with, and he had to go back to the quarterback he started with to the beginning of the season, and he still whooped your ass. Even a confused Nick Saban can still beat your ass. So, Nate Kevin, shut the hell up when you play out of Bama. Don't say a goddamn word. Now, that brings me to this. The Pratt 12, jeez, 21 points. That's all it was taking to score between Utah and UCLA. 21 total points. Well, Utah to win 14 to 7. But if you look at down the bottom, when you go to Happy Valley at Penn State, they, Penn State scored 31. Literally, Penn State just literally beat three teams. Well, four. Well, you can actually five when you count how many points Ole Miss scored and how many points uh, Colorado scored. Penn State shut out Iowa thirty-one to zero. That was enough points to beat Utah. That was enough points to beat UCLA. That was enough points to beat Colorado. That was enough points to beat Ole Miss. Hell, that was enough points to beat Alabama, and Alabama won their damn game. 31 to 0 in prime time, NBC prime time. Iowa showed their ass in prime time on NBC to get shut the hell out. Shut out. I mean, what in the blue hell was that? Nevertheless, shout out to James Franklin. You got through one test, but we all know who the main testers are. When you got to play Ohio State, when you got to play Michigan. That's what we waiting on for James Franklin and the Penn State Nixon line. Can you beat the top two teams who own your not only your conference, but your division? Okay. Whoever it, whoever wins the East wins the Big Ten, basically. That's basically how it is. Whoever wins the Big Ten, the East wins the Big Ten. It's either Ohio State, 
He's either old, he's either Michigan, and every once in a while you had Penn State up in there. I don't remember the last time. When the last time Iowa won the, the Big Ten? When the last time Wisconsin won the Big Ten? When the last time Purdue won the Big Ten? When the last time Illinois won the Big Ten? You get my point, right? So be gonna see with James Franklin when he go against Ohio State and Michigan. That's gonna determine who's gonna win the Big Ten because this whoever wins the Big Ten East is gonna win the Big Ten. I'm just saying. Uh, I don't think I put this on the slate, but I should have. No, I didn't. So before I get to that slate, let me do this real quick. Let me go full screen. Marcus Freeman. You had you, it was in your hands. It was right there in your hands. All you had to do was get the defense to make four straight stops, and you beat the Ohio State. You had a fourth and eight, and you let them get a first down. Victor, what's going on, brother? Thank you for tuning in. You had a fourth and 10, and Ohio State converted. You had a fourth and 15. And Ohio State converted. And then the final two plays of the game, you had 10 defenders on the field. You're supposed to have 11. You had 10. You stopped them on the first one. Ohio State quickly got back to the line, hiked the ball, handed off, and they get in the end zone for a game-winning touchdown. Which led to Ryan Day going off on Coach Luke Holtz for what he said because he felt like Notre Dame was more physical than Ohio State and that Ohio State don't do well in physical games. Nevertheless, Marcus Freeman, you fumbled the bag. You fumbled the game because your offense gave you the lead in crunch time and you couldn't have your defense get you four consecutive stops to seal the game. So not only did I have to come in here and, 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 and announce to the world that Florida State's back, which is disgusting as hell for me, but I am a man of my words. They beat Clemson at Clemson, so I'm going to do it again. Florida State is officially back. And then Ohio State escaped South Bend because you, Notre Dame just couldn't stop Ohio State one time. They just couldn't stop them one time or fourth down. Just one time or fourth down. You just need one fourth down stop. One! They converted three on on the last drive. Man, I tell you. Man, I tell you. Nevertheless, moving on. Uh, the fan, the extra point fan vote was Kansas versus BYU. I took BYU and Kansas. They they prevailed. They they pulled away late in the fourth quarter to win thirty eight to twenty seven. So shout out to Kansas four and zero on the year. I'll be talking about them coming up in our next segment. Uh, some other notable games that I want to recap real quick. It was the first Big Ten game for the Cincinnati Bearcats. They were at home hosting undefeated and 16 ranked Oklahoma, and Oklahoma had a business 20 to 6. Welcome to the Big 12, Cincinnati. Uh, we had an SEC showdown at the SEC's Death Valley down in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, between the Arkansas Razorbacks and the LSU Tigers. Arkansas gave LSU everything they can handle. It took a field goal to win it for LSU, 34-31 over Arkansas, moving them to 3-1. The lone Pac-12 teams left in the Pac-12 after this upcoming season, it was the Washington State Cougars hosting the Oregon State Beavers. Up in the Palooza of Washington, 
38-35. The Cougars take down the Beavers. It was the Big 12 debut for the UCF Knights, and it was in Manhattan, Kansas, as they took on the reigning defending Big 12 champions, the Kansas Wildcats. Back and forth game, but late in the fourth quarter, Kansas pulled away to win 44-31. to And then from there, we go back to the SEC. We go down to College Station, Texas, where we was at Kyle Field when the Texas A&M Aggies looking to bounce back after a horrific week three performance up in Miami. They hosted the Auburn Tigers, who was coming in 3-0. and And, yeah, it was all A&M on this one, like, I don't know what Auburn team showed up in that game, but they didn't show up for Texas A&M. 27-10, good win for the Texas A&M Aggies and Jimbo Fisher, who might have quite some of the noise sitting around him in his hot seat down in College Station, all right? That's what took place. Here's what I did this past weekend with the Bear Down Pick 6. 3-3, three three. I missed the I missed two consecutive extra points. I had Arkansas beating BYU, and BYU shot me, and then I picked BYU to do the same thing to Kansas, and Kansas wasn't having it. So I missed two extra points, but overall three and three on the day. Right now I'm at 15 and nine as a record with two with two extra points made and two extra points missed. So uh, it's, it's been it's been a spin it's been an interesting one here. But you know, I'm doing good through uh 18 games, many 15 of them. Doing uh not 15 over um do 24 games winning 15 of them. That's pretty good. Can't can't feel too bad about it. But yep, that's what it is. That was the gridiron roundup. We're gonna take a quick break here. Then when we come back, we got to get into our campus tour. We got some games to preview, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right there with a quick commercial break. Pain Train, Pipe Bomb Productions, and the Playmakers blog are now both partnered with Fanatics. Fanatics is now your new home for all fan merchandise from the MLB, the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, MLS, NASCAR, WWE, international soccer leagues, and golf. Check out the links below for everyday deals on fanatics.com. And welcome back to Baron Down and Grand Eye. Hey, my brother, why is it hippy? What's up, man? Great show today with Cole Johnson on Snowman in the morning. Enjoyed you guys. That was a great show, funny show, and Cole has no goddamn sense in the rail. But I will tell him that Monday when I see him on Monday morning. Man, got no sense. Nevertheless, shout out to my man Wise and Vickers. Thank you for joining in as well. All right. We got our recap out the way. We got our news out the way. Time to go on a campus tour, ladies and gentlemen, because uh, it's time to preview some games, and we got a good slate for you this week. And to begin our camera tour, our camera tour begins tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight, 9 p.m. FS1, Big Pac-12 Showdown. The Utah Utes ranked number 10 in the country. They will be taking on number 19, the Oregon State Beavers. Corvallis, Oregon will be rocking on a Friday night. 
in this one. Oh man. Now I gotta get you some numbers there. Um, I should have been prepared, but I'm not. Um, my apologies. But let me get you some numbers because this is gonna be a very good game here. I want to make sure we get all our numbers in so we know what we're talking about here. All right, tonight, ladies and gentlemen, ESPN. They have Oregon, the Oregon State Beavers as a 58.6 favorite to win the game. All right. There'll be no Karen Ryan in this one. So Nate Johnson will be the starting quarterback for the Utah Youth. Could that be a problem for them? DJ Ongionale, the form the transfer from Clemson. He is the quarterback for the Beavers of Oregon State. So we should see how this goes. We have here Utah. They averaging 322 yards a game to Oregon State's 560 yards a game. But Utah has the better defense. They only give up 264 a game. Oregon State gives up 327. So we shall see. Will offense prevail or will defense prevail in this one? And I'll give you my picks later. But as of right now, Caesar Sportsbook, they have Oregon State favorite at four. Ooh, Oregon State minus four. Mm. That would be interesting. Over and under 44 and a half. So those of you who are betters like that, I am not. But I will give you the numbers. They have Oregon minus, they have Oregon State minus four with the over under being 44 and a half. Good or not, it's up to you. But hey, you'll get my picks in the next segment. From Corvallis, Ohio, down to Boone in Colorado because it is round. Is this it's nightmare number two for the Colorado Buffaloes because Noon Eastern on Fox. The Coach Prime will be hosting Lincoln Riley in the eighth ranked Trojans of USC. This one, and you thought nobody gave you a chance against them. Look at this, and you're at home, Coach Prime. 89.8% ESPN says Trojans. 89.8 on ESPN is Trojans. Okay. Caesar Sports Boots, 21 and a half Trojans on the road. They are, they are saying Colorado's going to get beat by 21 points or more Saturday, tomorrow, at home. Just like they got beat by 20, there was a 21 point underdog at Oregon, at Eugene. They're going to come home and be the same 21 point underdogs in Boulder. Let's see if Coach Prime can get his boys up to play for this one. Lincoln Riley, Lincoln Riley ain't gonna give you no billboard material. I don't care what social media is trying to say. Lincoln Riley is not the type of coach to give another team billboard material. But if I'm close prime, hey, ESPN giving us a 10% chance to win. Caesar Sport Bruce, they got they got USC as a 21 world favorite. Road favorite. I mean, they come to our house and they got us as a 21 point underdog. You need to feel some type of way about that. That's why I'm not a betting man, because that's just disrespectful. But hey, I don't make these decisions. I just I just use them, okay? So it should be interesting how that goes. With Shallow play, we shall see. We know Travis Hunter is not going to play. Even though he wants to play, Coach Pine says, get healthy. We'll, have, we'll take care of business the best way we can. When you're healthy, we'll get back into it. But 21 home underdogs, that is ugly. Uh, let's see. Victor said this either going to be a continuation of the Avalanche or Coach Prime's comeback game. We're going to see. Because they 21 and a half underdogs at home, which is a lot. Especially with all the hype going around. So that tells me that tells me Vegas ain't don't believe the hype. But damn, 21 and a half at home? Good gracious. But hey, 
That's Vegas for you. From Boulder, Colorado, we're going to take ourselves out to the Midwest and go to Austin, Texas. The big one in the Big 12. Number three, Longhorns hosting 24th rank, Kansas, 330. In, oh, ABC. I'm almost say NBC. ABC. Ooh. Both teams are 4 0 on the year. Both teams are looking good. We already know Texas got that big win in down at Tuscaloosa, Alabama two weeks ago. They struggled against Wyoming, but they pulled they got out of that one. You know, Kansas, they just finished and welcoming, you know, BYU to the Big 12 and winning that one in a shootout. Uh ESPN says 93.93.5% Longhorns. Caesar Sportbook says 16.5 Longhorns. Over under 61 and a half. Could we see a shootout in this one? I don't know. Because Kansas, they got a damn offense. They averaging 463 yards a game. Kansas got an offense. Now, they going against a damn good team. You talking about giving up just under 300. Both teams giving up less than 300 yards. Both teams averaging over 400 yards 400 yards offense. So we could be in for a shootout down in Austin, Texas, ladies and gentlemen. That 61 and a half might be a good place for those of you who are into that type of stuff. But somebody's going to leave Austin, Texas 5-0. and And somebody's going to suffer their first defeat when this is said and done down in Austin, Texas on ABC. From Austin, Texas, we're going to head down and up to, oh, boy. We're going to Auburn, Alabama. The oldest rivalry in the South. SEC country. Where the Auburn Tigers looking to bounce back after the dis- dismal performance in College Station against Texas A&M, they are home. They're on the road playing. Jordan Hare, were number one, back-to-back reigning national defending champion. The Georgia Bulldogs come rolling into town. You already know. Everybody is going to be big on Georgia, especially after what they saw with, Alabama, with Auburn and against Texas and them. We're talking 82% straight up Bulldogs. Caesar Sportbook says 14 and a half on the Bulldogs. Bulldogs haven't had, <clears throat> as I said earlier, talking to some Georgia fans, they haven't been, they haven't seen the Bulldogs that they're looking for. Maybe this is the game to see it. You know, like I said, University of Tennessee, Martin, 48-7. Ball State, 45-3. South Carolina, 24-14. UAB, 49-21. And most of those got out of hand in the, in the second half. Not the first half, second half. So the, uh, the, the people of Athens, Georgia, and Bud all nation across the country, they are looking forward to a game where Georgia looks like Georgia. Maybe this is the game. Or maybe this is one of the games that I said that could be a that could be, you know, a trap game for them. Because they are going to Auburn. And that is a rivalry game. That's why it's called the oldest rivalry in the South. Crazy things have happened in Georgia with Georgia and Auburn before. We not don't get it twisted. We have seen some crazy things happen. You know, remember the Miracle and Jordan Hare? The Miracle and Jordan Hare. Remember that? So Keep your eyes peeled. 3.30. CBS. The ACC on CBS. Can Georgia finally get themselves right and look like the national champions that they are? Or will Auburn 
Bounce back from that horrific performance at Texas A&M. We shall see. From Auburn, Alabama, we're going to head down to Oxville, Mississippi. Well, we'll see Lane Kiffin try to bounce back and keep his mouth shut for once. As the 20th ranked Rebels host 13th ranked LSU. Both teams are three and one. LSU one loss came at the beginning of the season when they went down to Orlando to take on Florida State and got their ass whooped in the second half by Florida State. But ever since then, they've been whooping ass themselves. Nevertheless, Lane keeping open, like I said earlier, those of you who, can't, who are joining in late. I say earlier about Lane Kiffin opening his goddamn mouth every time he go against Nick Saban and get his ass whooped. So you know what happened Saturday? He got his ass whooped again when Alabama had them to 10 points. 10! Now you got the LSU Tiger. This is a rematch from what took place last year at Death Valley when everybody knew that old Miss was walking in there and they was running high and everything. People were trying to figure out what Brian Kelly and LSU was going to look like. And then they had a, they had a game against LSU in Death Valley at noon. And I sat here and said, oh, yeah, I like LSU because uh, Ole Miss about to get their ass whooped now. <laughs> Did that one in the devil. And, and behold, LSU whooped that ass. Let's see if Lane Kiffin remember that ass whooping that he took. Because ESPN got him a favorite, 56 and a half favorite to 43 and a half for LSU. So Ole Miss is favorite at home. You know, uh, Caesar Sport was look at it differently. They got it two and a half for the Tigers on the road. So this is going to be an interesting game here. You know, you got LSU who's averaging 530 yards a game. I'm going to say LSU's offense is averaging 530 yards a game. They're averaging more yards than Ole Miss does. So this might be a hands-on shootout as well. So we shall see. But, oh, man, uh, this is going to be ugly. This could get ugly again. And it's not going to be a good thing for uh, good old Lane Kiffin. Really not. But, hey. It is what it is. We're going to see what's going to happen. Now, ladies and gentlemen. Game of the week. College game day is in Dorm, North Carolina. Because it is number 11. Notre Dame fighting Irish China. Fight off that heartbreaking loss to Ohio State. They are on the road. They are in Durham, North Carolina to take on one of the surprising teams of the college football season. 17th ranked Blue Devils of Duke University. We have a top 50, we have a top 20 matchup in Durham, North Carolina. This is the first time ever Durham, North Carolina will be featured on college game day during the football season. Matter of fact, this might be the first time that the Duke Blue Devils get the game of the week spotlight 7 30 abc prime time action for the world to watch them and then the espn says 69 and a half percent we're going with the notre dame fighting our two the duke blue Bell, 30 and a half percent sam hartman has owned the blue devil when he was at wake forest sam hartman has been a thought for duke for some time and he gets to do it one more time. Especially in a heartbreaking loss. Caesar Sport Bulls have the Iris at minus five and a half. So we still see how that goes. Game of the week. Can Duke live up to the expectation of being on primetime? Can they live up to the expectation of being on college game day? This is a big responsibility for the Duke Bulls. That's a position they have never been in before. We shall see. We shall see. And then we have our extra point 
then vote with that vote. And I am actually surprised. Well, I shouldn't be surprised, but I am surprised nonetheless because I didn't think they was going to vote for this game. I really didn't. I was hoping they would vote for something different. Nevertheless, this is the game they voted for, and I have to do it. Lexington, Kentucky, 12 p.m. ESPN, SEC. The Kentucky Wildcats hosting 22nd ranked Florida Gators. All right. I'm just going to keep it short and simple. Bitter nephew, you got past the first rivalry. Tennessee walked into the swamp. They took an ass whooping. Now we got to go on the road, Billy Napier. We got to go to Lexington, Kentucky, a place that, if it was basketball, I'll be mad as hell right now. But it's not basketball, it's football. But lately in football, Kentucky has been whooping our ass. I want this short ass whooping streak to end tomorrow at noon Eastern. Like Billy Napier. I want it to end. I do not want to lose another game to the Kentucky Wildcats. But unfortunately, I don't do this show based on what I want. I do this show based on how I, what I think is best for this show. So with that being said, ESPN says 51.9, so basically 52% for Kentucky, 48% Gators. Kentucky has the edge. Caesar Sportbooks have the home team, the Kentucky Wildcats, as a one-point favor. So you, so it's basically, if you're picking this game, it's either you picking Kentucky to win or you picking Florida to win. You're just picking this straight up because the line is one Kentucky. Don't get no lower than that. Okay? So... That's the fan game of the week. Another quick break. And when we come back, we give you our picks before we head out of here. We'll be right back. The Playmaking Spa is sponsored by Lids. Locker rooms by Lids. Shop hats and official sports gear at Lids. Lids, the leader and number one destination for hats, gears, and everything that moves you. Make it a perfect shop for fans to find official sports hats, merchandise, and gears. Represent your team, your town, and your style with a snap hat, adjustable, fitted hat, or beanie from thousands of college and professional teams. Browse the very latest jerseys and t-shirts for the best teams out there. Liz has officially licensed professional and college sports teams apparel and hats featuring the hottest brands and trends. Shop online or visit one of the 100 stores across the country. Lock them by Lids. And welcome back to Brand Down and Great Island, ladies and gentlemen. We have one thing left to do because we did our two-minute drill. We got our news and notes out the way. We did our Great Iron Rondo, and I have said, and I'm going to do it one more time for you fans down in Tallahassee, Florida. Florida State is officially back. I got that out the way. We did our campus tour. We did our Astro Van Vote game preview. Now it's time for the picks. It is the Bear Down Picks, ladies and gentlemen. And it's kicking off tonight, ladies and gentlemen. I'm taking a home team. The Oregon State Beavers sent a message that they are just not here to be played with. They will bounce back from that loss to Washington State. They will beat the two-time back-to-back reigning pet to champions of the Utah Utes. Without Cam Rising, they will send a message and put the Pac-12 on notice. Then tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen, normally I don't do it. 
Normally, I do everything in my power not to do it, but I am picking USC. I am one of the biggest USC haters there is. But nothing would please me more to see Coach Bryan and Shadir Sanders beat the Trojans. It would nothing please me more. But I don't see it happening. The Heisman Trophy ran to Keller Williams. We will handle business. Keller Williams will handle business. He will pick apart that Buffalo's defense like he's been doing every other defense, and uh, they will walk out of board of victorious. So I got USC. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm taking the test of Longhorns. I think they will be. I might say they're officially back, but not yet. They ain't at that game yet where they don't have that letdown yet. So they need, I need to get to that game. That game is coming soon. But for this one at home against a very talented offensive team in Kansas, I'm going to go with the Longhorns in this one. I got the Longhorns winning this one over the Kansas Jayhawks in the top 25 Big 12 showdown. The oldest rivalry in the South. And when you're the number one team in the country and you haven't lost in who knows when, uh, and the fact that I seen Auburn play the way that they played at Texas A&M, yeah, I am definitely picking the Georgia Bulldogs to handle business there. There would be no miracle in Jordan Hare. No miracle in Jordan Hare. No miracle in Jordan Hare in this one at the end of this game. Georgia wins. Auburn takes another L. I got the old Miss Rebels, ladies and gentlemen, taking another L. I got Lane Kiffin dropping back to back games. I don't think he has what it takes to beat LSU. I don't see it. I don't believe it. I think LSU might want them again, goddammit. This time it's in Alfred, Mississippi, which might make a which might not be a romp. Basically, it might be a much closer game than it was in Baton Rouge last year. But I'm still taking LSU. I'm taking the LSU Tigers to win this one, okay? I think Brian Kelly's still steaming about that loss to Florida State. And damn it, you shouldn't have lost to Florida State, but you did. So I'm taking the Tigers of LSU. And our game of the week, ladies and gentlemen, give me the final irons to bounce back. They're going to Durham, North Carolina with college game day deal, with all the tension on Durham, North Carolina. First time ever college game day is being there. First time for the Duke Blue Devils to be in that spotlight in prime time as on ABC. Give me that Notre Dame final irons. Notre Dame's going to walk in there pissed off. They're going to be walking in there angry because they know they let one get away. They know they should have beat Ohio State. Everything was putting Iris and they let it slip. They take out their frustrations on Duke. Duke, congratulations on being on College Game Day. Thank you for hosting College Game Day. Thank you for being on the primetime slot. But I'm giving you this L. You're going to suffer your first L of the season at the hands of Sam Hartman and the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. And then, ladies and gentlemen, that is, leaves us with our fan at the point. Vote, and that was the Kentucky Wildcats hosting the Florida Gators. And if you know me, you know who I'm picking. How it feels to pick against them. I'm picking my Florida Gators to walk into Lexington, Kentucky. Walking there with an attitude. Walking there with a purpose to say, hey, if Florida State can be back, damn it, we can make our comeback to be. might not be fully back like Florida State is. It might take another year or two. But damn it, we can, we can start our comeback here. We beat we beat Tennessee and then our house. Let's go into the Wildcat country and knock out Big Blue. Let's go, Florida. You know what to do. Let's get it done, all right? And that's it for the Bear Down Pick 6. That's all I got for you today. Tonight, don't forget, Utah, Oregon State. 
Corvallis, Ohio, Corvallis, Oregon. 9 p.m. FS1 to kick off your college weekend. I'm going to kick it off that way as well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for those who are tuned in. Thank you to V-Lock. Thank you to Victor. Victor Lock. Thank you to FA for joining in and jumping in the chat. Appreciate the support, gentlemen. That is all I have for you today. I will catch y'all next week to recap this week. So football and preview next week. And next week's going to get even more interesting as well. The Playmaker signing off. See y'all. You just experienced Bearing Down and Gridiron, hosted by Downhill, the Playmaker Silence, in collaboration with Art Brothers Football. Bearing Down and Gridiron is sponsored by Liz, Fanatics, and Paramount Plus. If you enjoyed today's show and would like to make a donation, you can donate via Cash App at dollar sign D Playmakers at dollar sign D Playmakers. Remember, Bearing Down and Gridiron is available on all podcast directories, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. And for Apple Podcast lovers, leave us a rate review. Let us know what you enjoy about today's episode that you're listening to. Tune in again next time for more Bearing Down the Gridiron, hosted by The Playmaker.